Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Let's talk about COVID-19 and where we are, and specifically in regard to uh, the paid sick sick leave plan. Again, we were hoping at this time to have uh, Monty McNaughton on and and get some more information there, but clearly there's something going on at this point, and there'll be a news conference coming up uh, a little later on this afternoon. Let's bring in Meyer Siamatiki. I had it right so many times before I went on the air. Meyer, I'm terribly sorry. Professor of Politics and Public Administration at Ryerson University, coordinator at Ryerson University's Young Workers Rights Hub, and is with us now. Meyer, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Doing well as can be, and uh, very happy to be uh, joining you and pinch-hitting for the minister. So uh, we uh, obviously uh, were hoping to get a little bit more information on this earlier, but now it appears to be a news conference later on, which, of course, we'll be covering. Uh, obviously, the, the information that came out earlier or later yesterday, uh, Ontario had proposed to the federal government that they would top up, double, I guess, what they were offering, so the payments would be up to $1,000. However, wanted the feds to operate it and, and use that template. Uh, your thoughts on all of this, Meyer, was that a good idea? Was that passing the buck? Where And obviously the feds turned that down. Your thoughts on all of that? Well, I guess the overwhelming thought is, uh, boy, this is a sad, tragic, and um, also infuriating situation. You know, we've known for close to a year now how important and crucial paid sick days are uh, to... to let, uh, level the curve and and stem the spread of uh, of of covid and yet here we are a year later um not much uh coming from the provincial government and and their proposal of the other day is uh totally wrong-headed and misguided uh you, you know the one thing we know is that the current federal program while well-intentioned is completely flawed and failed for a whole variety of reasons we could go into. Um, it doesn't meet the needs of uh, workers who get up in the morning and think, you know what, I'm not feeling that great, I really should be staying home from work, but decide not to stay home from work because that federal program is just totally inadequate and inaccessible to meet their par- their particular needs. So after a year of of uh, uh, recommendations and advice from doctors, from from uh, uh, local boards of health, urging the provincial government to act and take ownership of this. What do they do? They they latch themselves onto a failed and inadequate program. So, you know, really, it, it it's it's uh, um, it's horrible. Uh, I think where we're at now, and hopefully that message has gotten through to the provincial government and, and a better initiative will be coming this afternoon. So why would we be still operating a program that is still so failed? That's a, re- that's a really good question, and I, I think the answer is because, because only two of ten provinces, Quebec and PEI, have stepped up and offered an alternative. At least it's something. But, you know, the latest figures were something, you know, showed something like only 15% of the funds the federal government had allocated have so far been applied for and, and distributed. Now, that should tell you something. It should tell you there's something, uh, you know, clearly there's a need for 
paid sick days, but that program isn't delivering it for, for, all, for all kinds of reasons. Um, it doesn't cover many of the circumstances under which workers would want to take a day or, or, or more off, off of work. You don't get the, if you're approved, and it's unclear when you apply that you're going to get approved, but if you do get approved, you then have to wait weeks in order for the funds to come. And that's for, for workers who are living paycheck to paycheck and, 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 you know, who, who just don't have, can you imagine this? The luxury of saying, I'm not going to go into work today because I can wait three weeks, four weeks to get what could be half of my, my typical pay, pay, uh, uh, pay uh, which is all the amount that is provided in that program. It, it, it's you know, well-intentioned, but totally inadequate. And, 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 and you know, the provincial governments, all of them, but especially Ontario, which promised the best system coming in, in all of North America less than a week ago, needs to step up and make it work. So as you mentioned, Meyer, the money is sitting in that uh, account, that federal account. Nobody's jumping on board uh, on it, and, and you have obviously just given us your thoughts on that. So why not solve that problem rather than creating another one? Because the money's already sitting there. So again, why would we start something new rather than try to make what is there and obviously you know we we know what the complaints are so why why not fix that you know i'm not sure passing this to the province if the if the feds can't do a good job on this uh, they have more resources how can the provinces well that's that's a very good question And, and i think the answer is that uh the fix would take too long the amount of money that is allocated in that program per applicant is limited and is capped. Initially, it was for two weeks. Now it's four weeks uh, of, 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 of time off work. But at what it's capped at, which is $450 a week, that's less than, that's less than minimum wage for, for, for a full-time worker. So uh, uh, there is not enough money in that program to meet all of the need that would be there if people, if firstly, if they expanded the eligibility, so they'd have to expand the eligibility, they'd have to expand the amount of, of funds that each applying worker could get. There's not enough money for that. And it's the provinces that are avoiding their prime constitutional requirement to take ownership of this. And let's be honest, to require employers to pony up and accept some of the financial responsibility for this. This can't all be on, on, on government in a context when, you know, we know the damage that has been done by COVID economically into jobs. But now we also know the windfall that COVID has brought to all kinds of companies, to all kinds of CEOs. We need an emergency tax regime that, bring, that requires employers who, who have who are financially stable to cover the cost themselves and for provincial governments 
to take increased revenue from, let's be honest, from employers who have garnered super profits out of COVID to put more of their revenue earnings into a fund that can be allocated to struggling businesses so they can pay for their workers. The federal program is a, is an inadequate program for 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 applicants and for a requirement that business take some ownership and responsibility of, of making these payments. So why not give that money that is sitting there doing nothing and nobody seems to want to claim because it's impossible to do so and just incredibly inefficient, why not provide that to the province to help? Because in the end, the provinces, and correct me if I'm wrong, the provinces are going to have to bridge the gap because the federal program is not sufficient. You know, that, 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 that's a fair question. I mean, the, the, the federal government, I think, was, was pressed and, and I would say to their credit, introduced a flawed, lousy program because the provinces weren't doing anything. And it's a provincial jurisdiction and responsibility. To say now that, oh, well, because the province, because the federal government stepped in to bail out Ontario and seven other provinces, therefore only the federal funds will be used for this. The federal government has, has been providing all kinds of financial support to Canadians individually and to businesses and to organizations, and good on them for doing that. But I think it's really mistaken to say, oh, well, since they have this, this one particular program that covers some sick days, which, is, which we know has all kinds of problems with it, let, let's only work with that and those funds. Let's let the provinces off the hook and let's let employers off the hook. That's not good enough. But, uh, Meyer, uh, the Ontario government offered, offered to double this. They offered to 500 from, uh, roughly 500 from right. the feds, and then they were going to throw in another 500. So right. they were going to cover that cost to double this, right. which I think most would say would be probably adequate. That's fine. Uh, and, and then that's not happening. So, again, I, I'm not sure why we're building something really good because something the go- federal government uh, tried to do didn't work out, and especially when there's funds sitting there that could be used to help this. So, okay. uh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, a, a few things on that. You know, the, the, whatever funds uh, uh, get get established may well... Uh, uh, by by provinces, the the federal program either is going to continue for its limited purposes, and it has a limited purpose. It doesn't cover people for one day off or two days off. You have to be off for the majority of a week. And, you know, this whole process of, of knowing that it exists, applying for it, keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that... that but you would have to do that at the provincial level, would you not? No, no, this is like, you know, I'm I'm not sure how I'm not sure how many I understand what you're saying, Meyer, and I'll let you finish here. But uh, at the end of the day, are we creating more work or less work through this? Well, uh, uh, this is the provincial ownership of this through employers would be much, much, much more seamless. Basically, what would happen is the employer, the, the employer would continue to pay the employee like there's nothing to apply for. It's a guaranteed sick day regime up to a certain amount whatever they set the amount of and and the only thing that happens is the employer keeps paying the worker now for a lot of employers 
that they all are already doing that because it's a unionized collective agreement requirement. Others are voluntarily doing it, and some are not doing anything at all. And some of the ones that are not doing anything at all are have been raking in record profits, and others are struggling and really can't afford to do it. So you've got mm-hmm. to use a scalpel here to develop a program. Are there many, let me ask you this, Meyer, yeah. are, are there many, you know, I'm trying to figure out who this is, uh, you, you know, we know who needs it, those that right. obviously want to take time off uh, to to get tested or, or do whatever it is that they have to do, get the shot. Right. Um, uh, but, but again, we're seeing like Canada Post, Amazon, those large situations right. where we're seeing these large outbreaks are covering sick days. So who is not covering sick days for their employees? That's a very good question. And, and, and the short answer is that we've got, uh, uh, you know, the stats show that about 50 to 55 percent of employees uh, are not covered by paid sick days. So it's, it's a huge cross-section. And one can imagine that it's, you know, mostly in medium and smaller sized uh, firms which tend to be the non can they see you know you're talking about large companies here Meyer but can these you know like the big companies could afford it they're doing it the Canada Post uh, the Amazons and such can these smaller companies afford to do that well firstly uh, uh, I would question whether all of the big companies are doing it you know even 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 who's not Amazon I understand Amazon is as is Canada Post well, Amazon late in the day decided once their place got shut down that they would cover the the uh, payment for for the workers who are not being brought into work. But that's twelve months after uh, a pandemic when a lot of their employees have gotten sick. Some have passed away. A Brampton uh, a bus driver who drove mm-hmm. on that route taking workers to that plant got COVID and died. Uh, you know, Amazon does not have a generic policy of no problem. We're covering everyone's, every, everyone's paid sick days. Once stuff hit the fan and they were shut down and they came under a lot of scrutiny, then, you know, you could say to their credit, they announced that any worker who was not able to come into work because of the shutdown would continue to be paid. But that's different than a regular regime of paid sick days, which they do not have. So, Again, I'd rather have Amazon pay that bill than the taxpayer. Absolutely, 100%. And, and I'd also much rather have Amazon as a good corporate citizen that yeah. they claim to be and want to be. They should pay. They should be charged and paying a COVID surtax on their record, record profits. Uh, Meyer Simiatiki has been with us, professor of politics and public administration at Ryerson University, coordinator of Ryerson University's Young Workers' Rights Hub. Uh, great conversation, Meyer. Thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Scott, Scott, happy to be with you, and let's hope for better news coming this afternoon. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.